Greetings, adventurers, and welcome to the Mike Flares podcast. I'm your host, Martin O'Dwyer, and with me, as always, is your host, Connor O'Brien. How are we doing today, Connor? Not too bad at all, buddy. Thank you very much for asking. How are you? Uh, tired, as you can probably tell, but uh, <laughs> I, I am. I'm good. I'm solid. I had a. I had a, I had a good. I had a decent weekend. On almost finished my work week now as well, so I just kind of just just keeping it going. And sure enough, always always fun to come here and talk to you about D and D for like an hour and a half <laughs> it's, it's a nice it's a nice uh, escape from reality it's 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 very much uh keeps me going on rough days when i'm like <laughs> oh god i have another four hours of work and i like look i was like oh but it's a saturday that means i can I have the podcast later oh okay okay <laughs> I, yeah, I have yeah. something to hang on to <laughs> uh but, no yeah. same yeah it's uh it, it's a nice again it's 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 my it's my sneaky second dose of D and D in the week when we play once a week, and then I also get to have the podcast. And I'm like, hey, 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 I get two doses of D and D. Ooh, does that mean this is my third dose? Ooh, it does. Yeah, you're a bit of an addict. I've been mean, talking about that. I'm, I'm, I'm fully, D, I'm fully D and D vaccinated. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh god, no, I, 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 not relevant. Never mind. Just stupid joke that, okay. that came to mind. Um, but yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun week. I, I got to DM yesterday. Um, we got to play we got to play your game again, again this week as well, and got to do we started off our uh, pretty much what seems to be like our, our next big kind of arc or mini arc. Uh yeah yeah it's it's definitely ties into to some stuff. Uh, I got to do a good um dungeon crawl which I haven't done in a while. Yeah, uh, I think the last one the last proper one I did was the well. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I think didn't we do one for, like the first layer of, um, Endlicon? Uh sort of. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have that as thoroughly mapped out as yeah. the well or as or as this one. Um, but it's been fun because uh because I I actually got to use see previously when we did dungeons we play in person so I just kind of describe it to you, but now we're doing it on roll twenty. And I get to use the cool fog of war feature. Yeah. Where when you guys step into a room, I'll draw out your line of sight and stuff like that, which I think is it's a really really cool tool. Uh, so I had you, I had you solve a puzzle, uh, a little word puzzle, and then I had you go up against a, a lightning gem trap, um, and then then you fought some uh, some elven rebels. Um, did quite well. Kind of got in a bit of a kill box situation because you were coming in through this really narrow drain uh, in through it. Um, and they all had like bows and could fire arrows three times in a turn. So you guys were just in this narrow corridor just being peppered with arrows over and over and over again, uh, which was, was pretty hectic. But he came out on top. He got a few, got a fair, a fair bit of damage, I think. You got you took some decent hits. Not Maybe not you. I'm pretty sure... Wabu took a couple, but he yeah. he has he has resistance, so he was kind of fine. Yeah. And then I think Aerith took a good few, and he doesn't have a lot of health points. Yeah. Um. And likewise, like, I think Arkham took one or two as well. Wabu's just like incrementally inching closer to the point where he's literally too angry to die, and I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so here for it. Like. And, uh, that's Elif Barb. Uh, tell you, anyone listening out there looking for a good uh, combination class uh, class race combination, Tortle Zelot Barb. That is that is some lethal stuff right there. <laughs> Particularly when you start strapping weapons to every limit has. <laughs> he's just become he's quickly becoming like it's like the Wabu is kinda has a similar plot to Final Fantasy fifteen where it's he's just on a on a quest to get more guns and well not more guns, more weapons. He's like, I already have five swords. 
but I'd like eight more. <laughs> Do you know what? I can't follow that legend. No. So yeah, that's uh, it's going well. I w and like I said, uh, at the end of the session, you guys are only about halfway through, so I have some cool stuff planned um, for the remainder of that, uh, which should be fun. Uh, no, I actually really enjoyed the, the the puzzle. It's been a while since we've had a good riddle, and uh, like thankfully uh, they're hard to come up with. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, they're hard. You have to like I always try to think along the theme and then just make up shit, make up like shitty word puns. <laughs> yeah. Actually, here's a, here's an interesting one. Okay, I'm okay. I'm give me give me like three seconds there. Ooh, I'm gonna pull up. I I have I have the riddle. I'm gonna call it out on the podcast. Anyone listening, uh, it it'll say if you want to challenge yourself, I'll call it out and I'll wait until a little later on the podcast and you can think about it and decide if you want to uh if you, or or see if you're able to find guess what it is. Yeah. I'm curious because I I I gave it to you. It took the four V about seven and a half eight minutes to solve. Um, a lot of chin scratching. Um, it took. I, I I told Tara. Tara got. Tara didn't get it, but she went down a similar path to you. She kind of gave up quite 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 fast. She was like, she gave a couple of hints or a couple of guesses, and then she was like, just tell me what it is, and I'll tell you if it's good. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's that's all that's all I'm looking for. And then I told it to my team in work because we were on a on a we don't use Zoom, but essentially a Zoom call. Um, and as part of our weekly meeting someone came had a couple of puzzles that we we tried out just for fun and then i was like oh i had a thing in D, &D this week i'm curious if anyone on the team can get it and uh, uh elaine on my team got it just like straight away i put it up and within a couple of minutes she's like i'll take a guess and she was the first person to guess she's like i'll take a guess and she got it immediately so uh let me call this out. i'll call this out like i said and in a few minutes time i will uh uh you guys can hear the answer so the puzzle is i have neither a beginning nor end but if one were to measure me one would say that i am eight as in the number after seven mortals know but a small part of me and should they wait for me they will certainly meet their fate this was written on the door to the dungeon you guys are going into uh so have a listen back to that we'll, we'll come back in a few minutes martin you had a good D and D session this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about it just before we get boy, we got into recording. Decided probably be better to keep that. I possibly did the most evil thing I've done as a dungeon master this week. Um, I'm I'm really curious because I I don't know I don't know I I don't you you don't you haven't told me many evil things you've done. I've I, not done I feel a lot like of I evil tried, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I try to avoid being the evil DM myself, but yeah. I know I I've dabbled. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not very about. I'm not about that player versus DM oh, yeah. thing. Not, um, no. but I, but I am very much in the. I do very much believe that if there's a bad guy in the game, you need to play that bad guy out to their fullness. So if they, if they think in the moment I have this spell and I could do this and that would be evil, you kind of gotta follow through. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious. I'm curious what you did that was, uh, that was so evil. Okay. So there's two important pieces of context here. Uh, about. Yeah, so a short, uh, probably about like half, probably like six months ago at this stage now, or closing in on a year. Um, basically, two of my players left, and I got two new players. Uh, and as part of those two players leaving, one of them was a halfling rogue, and he was like, uh, when, when he decided he was going to leave, he was like, make this as traumatic as possible for the rest of the group. So I had a shadow assassin stab him four times and kick him through a portal. 
um, and then he just disappeared. Like uh, he like he, he specifically assassin specifically came here to kill to kill or incapacitate him and drag him back through the portal. So that happens, and they've gotten they've only gotten like bare hints in it, but they're not really engaged with that particular quest line at the moment. They're kind of doing other things. Um, and the last thing they did was save uh, this like drag the dragonborn home country uh, Yosairu uh, from a pirate invasion, and the they did this by defeating the pirate queen who was in charge of it, and she was a devout follower of Mirkir, um, the big bad from my game, and they're they're starting to brush up against him more and more now, and he he's got, like your your darkness god, isn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the god of the void and darkness. Yeah, uh, and basically they're kind of brushing up against him more and more now because so they're kind of more on the main. Uh, story, what what you'd call like the main quest line, I'd say in in my D and D game, and they're kind of more on the track of that now and starting to really dig into that, uh, and so he's become more and more aware of them as they've kind of thwarted various things and they've become more aware that he's been behind the scenes in charge of a lot of the things that they've had to deal with over the over their time as a party together. So when they when he killed that when they killed that pirate queen, um, they all heard him in his head being like. There will be consequences for killing one of my favorites, um, and you don't want to make that threat from a villain idly. So I was trying to think of yeah. what, I was I was trying to think of what I can do. So I they were going on a ship next, so I, I had them attacked by um, a bunch of shadows. And uh, do you know the angry that monster? Yes. Yeah. Those are they the angry, the lonely. Sworn? Yeah, the sorrow sworn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those monsters do not mess around. They yeah. are actually awful to yeah. fight. So I had I had the I had them attacked in the middle of the sea by the angry and three shadows, um, and it, it was a tough fight, but they got through it. Um, you have a lot of Dexy characters in your yeah. party. Shadow, shadows, <laughs> when you're not a super buff character, shadows are really lethal. Yeah, as soon as uh, as soon as one person got hit by the shadows, and I was like, okay, you take this much necrotic damage, and then I'm gonna roll a d4. Okay, three. You lose three points of strength. Mm. And there was just this moment, like slight silence. Was like, Sorry, what? <laughs> it was that now. And as soon as they realized that, and I was like, and by the way, if your strength score hits zero, you are not strong enough to breathe, and you will die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, I, oh, then I, I will say this fair play to my party because as soon as they heard that, the shadows did not last long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that I, I like when. See, like there's, there's sometimes when I when I feel like I've done something in an encounter, something happens, and then like, I don't know. We'll say for example, someone goes down. Uh, they're on they're on death saves. If someone doesn't immediately, even if they're not a healer, if they don't at least run over and try to stabilize the person, or at least uh, at the very least they know the cleric is going to do that next turn, that's a big red flag for me. I'm like, I'm like, no, no. Like there's there's urgent things happening. Don't just be like I hit it with my sword. Like there's big things happening, and like that to me is a big thing. Oh, the shadows are our biggest threat. Focus on the shadows. You know, like sometimes, and when people don't do that, I'm like, well, look. At this point, if you guys die, it's 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 off. It's on my hands. My blood's my blood's on my hands because you didn't focus on the thing. Yeah. So um, the the angry is is particularly fun because if it takes damage. If it has taken damage in the round before its turn comes up, it uh, it gets advantage on its attack roll, and its attack does an additional like three d twelve psychic damage. Yeah. Uh, so it hits hard. It nearly took it nearly took out one or two of my spellcasters in like a turn, and um, just from like two good solid hits. 
Uh, but eventually they beat that anyway, and then they landed, and then they ended up teleporting back to another city they'd been to. They kind of did a few things, met up with a few NPCs, and kind of were like, okay, this is the quest line we're engaging with now. There's a giant invasion of, of this continent. We're going to go to that continent, so we're going to deal with that, because that's where two of my players are from. And they're like, okay, we've that done. Do you know what? We'll go and we'll get some drinks. And I was like, oh, you're going to the low-end place, the usual place you go. Or not the low-end place, was it? No, um, the the low end place is your game. Damn it. Uh, yeah, it is, uh, yeah. I, I I didn't say anything. I thought yeah. maybe you named a bar the same yeah. thing just for like I don't know continuity no. or something. Uh, no, sorry, it's called it's called the parting glass. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Oh, you brought you brought that up before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, we were going to go that. I was like, all right, cool. And basically, as they were going there, um, they have to go through all these narrow streets because it's in the sort of uh, less well off parts of town. And mm-hmm. uh, so it was two assassins, two thugs, and. Uh, sorry, it was three assassins and two thugs. One of which, one of the assassins was uh, their friend uh, Osram, who had been kidnapped. Uh, but what they didn't know was that he had been killed, then revived as an undead, uh, and basically sent to hunt them down. So they go through the whole fight. They take, they take out all, they take out all the others. I have, they're in a group of four. Um, going there, I have basically there's thugs on the road. They stop them. Look, there's a toll for this road. You gotta pay whatever mm-hmm. gold silver to do it. How uh, then uh my druid mandra immediately started and like i will fuck you up if you do not leave right now <laughs> like go leave now it is not the time to be messing with us <laughs> and and i was just like and i was like oh yeah no they're not intimidated because the thugs know that there's three assassins coming like so they're not intimidated yeah. uh and i was like okay and i was like all right there so there's there's they're they're here there's an assassin coming this way from an alleyway there's an assassin coming this way from an alleyway and there's an assassin on the roof back behind them with a bow Right. Uh, so the thugs are just distracting them, and uh, right as right as uh, it's just not working for Mandry, my bloodhunter Tarson goes, "I'll handle this," and he just goes hybrid farm <laughs> and like wolves out, okay. and I was like, "Yeah, that certainly works." The thugs look absolutely terrified, and it's and right as you finish your hybrid transformation, and you can see the terror in their faces, you feel an arrow land right between your shoulder blades, and that's where that session ended, and then the next session we pick up at the fight, but throughout the course of the fight I knew if I so I knew if I put uh, an enemy on a rooftop that my rogue my my rogue gunslinger Randir would undoubtedly be the one to go up on the roof after it right okay uh, and so so engaged a, a duel across two separate roofs between a man with a pistol and a, tr- and a magic trident versus an, his undead halfling friend who he didn't uh, and uh, who's got a just a he's a rape a magic raper and a magic bow but, um, is this um do they know it's their friend at this point all of the assassins wear skull face masks with um abyssal runes etched into them so like okay. he go, they go the whole fight going back and forth damaging each other he gets in a few really really good shots with his gun um and then he basically blows a chunk out of his left shoulder blows a chunk out of his right shoulder um and then uh like it, it like crits him um in the core and like i said it leaves like a big gaping wound here one up here and one up here um, and eventually he kills him and he's like I was like how do you want to do this? Like, I'm gonna he, he used a, he's a chain of returning he shifted he had the trident shift into its short sword form and then basically like swung it and and like threw it at him to, right. to, to get the final blow uh, and he said he wanted to join the dots so like slash through here through the center and up and I was like yeah okay. that's no problem I like describe indeed and I was like you raise toy binder above your head swing it you can hear going as the blade like chops the air as you swing it up all your force you throw it forward it whips through the air in a spiral cutting a spiral pattern from here to the center of the chest right up around the shoulder and catching the back of the neck and he just 
falls over dead on, on the ground. Uh, and I had said during the fight that when they were close enough, he could see this thing's eyes through the mask. And that its mm. eyes were weird and that they were like, they looked like normal blue eyes, but all of the white part of the eye was just like riddled with all these burst red blood veins. Uh, bur- <laughs> burst blood vessels. Right. Um, uh, Just being really weird looking. And yeah, end, end of the fight comes, they kill everyone else. Um, Gets a few real hairy moments, like a couple of people nearly get dropped. Um, and yeah, eventually I'm like, okay, so what's the plan now? What are you doing now? Like, okay, we're going to get all the bodies together and, and we're going to search them. And I was like, okay, who's, I was like, who, who's searching who? Um, and Orlando goes, I'll search the halfling. Um, and I'm like, yeah, no bother. Because he searches him, he, uh, he searches him, he doesn't take the mask off. Uh, but he searches him, he finds this gear and it's like, he described this like, gnarled like wicked looking bow with like iron bands on it and iron spikes sticking out of it and that uh, he also finds on him this like black iron rapier with like a twisted uh, the blade is twisted into a spiral and it's like it's like completely covered and dried in blood uh, um, and he finds that in him and then eventually he goes I'm going to take the mask and I was like okay and I was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I said you reach I said like yeah you reach down you grab the mask and uh, you're you don't realize it first because you're distracted by these like really strange eyes that you were looking at, um, and if, then you get a good look at the face. You see, it's the skin is like whitish and kind of clammy. It's got some grey blue splotches all over it, um, uh, and it's bearded. As I and because the eyes are so distracting, and it's been a while since you've seen him, and then he just goes, Osram, and I was like. He was like, I just cut oh, my. Wow. He was like, I just cut my friend in half. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, that uh, like that's that yeah, wow. And the, the thing about the thing about D and D players is they so often go absolutely ham on the bad guys that they're fighting that in a situation like that they're almost they're almost guaranteed to be like you you say you know how do you want to finish the fight how do you want to finish off the last guy. And they go, oh, I caught him right up the middle of his body and I slit his throat and I yeah. do all this stuff. And it's so, like, in a situation like that where it's actually their friend, that's that's that's, uh, that's pretty messed up, man. That's, you're you're a pretty sick individual. To be fair, oh, I'm not done yet. Uh, to be fair, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, to be fair, now, um, he was undead. He didn't actually kill his friend. His friend was gone. It was just the the, the meat puppet that looks like his friend. Right. Uh, but like, uh, afterwards, then. Um, they're like in, they're checking over the body, and uh, when Arandir was invest was uh, checking over the body, he didn't roll particularly high. He only rolled like a fifteen, I think. Um, right. and I had a thing set where it was like uh, thirteen to sixteen. This is what you what you see, and then a seventeen plus. Um, so I said when uh, my blood hunter looked him over because uh, he wanted to check him to see if he could be sure that because he said he looked like so I was like you know the way he looks. He said it sounds like you're describing on death, and he wanted to check him to see if he could realized it was undead i was like yeah you're absolutely certain that he was undead it was an undead that that around killed not actually Azram. um and then while he was checking i said that these like uh, they basically were these like strangely like um glass black assassin robes with like abyssal runes over them and the, the skull mask with the abyssal runes um and he did like a, a neckerchief that comes up to like here uh, yeah up to about mid mouth up to about mid face uh, so he said he took that. I said he he like reaches out and takes that off when while he takes it off and while he's inspecting to, to get a better look at the skin and stuff, and right at the hollow of um Osram's throat in like a really fine hand are carved the words "even broken tools have uses." 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no, you're already fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it that's, was. Uh, that's that's that, some dark stuff. That uh, that session ended in, on a bit of a bummer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is uh, that's pretty dark. Yeah, I don't do it often, but you know, uh, it's it's there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like, here's the thing, though. I mean, like, that's obviously you. That's a that's an, a god of the void and and evil and and darkness and stuff like that. When you mess with higher powers evil higher powers you can expect a bit of a clap back if uh should you should you cross them you know yeah i was i was like i i want because they, they've kind of gotten away to skin their teeth a few times from like smaller interventions from him that i've put in the campaign when he was less directly opposed to them like they were directly mm -hmm. opposing him but he was like working through an intermediary um whereas now they're like just like now he's just like pissed and he's very aware of who they mm -hmm. are um and yeah so he's just yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna mess with people, and I was like, what's the most messed up? I was like trying to think of like what'd be like a messed up thing he could do to kind of like just put a bit of fear into them um, and kind of really like reinforce them as a threat. And I was like, without just like outright fucking just killing someone, just like he appears and just goes disintegrate, and someone's like the one of the party members is dead. Like you know that without without doing that, I wanted to kind of put that level of. Uh, but like engagement, but also kind of like resentment of like I you, I wanted them to hate him. You know. I think. Uh, y okay, you just talking about the disintegrate thing reminded me of one of the probably the most the most evil thing I've done at least at least in recent memory, uh, which is you guys were in a town called Caspier, and you were trying to get in with this crowd called the Crimson Corsairs, yeah, uh, who are a pirate bunch, <laughs> and they're I forget his name. They have a an admiral who is like basically one of the highest ranking people in the entire organization. He'd be like, he'd be like a thieves guilds boss guy, you know. Um, but he's like a he's like one of the most ruthless. He's like Tuco in Breaking Bad in terms of he just how like he doesn't he'll, he'll do anything. He does not care. Um, and I kind of modeled him mostly off of Negan from The Walking Dead. And yes, when you guys were brought guy. in, when you guys were brought in, uh, it was you three and one other guy. Who were like being who were being you know recruited, um, and you you didn't know this this fourth guy right? So uh, I was planning this whole bit where he, just so you would see in a very Negan way how ruthless this guy was. He'd walk around and he'd look at each of you, and you were like warned extensively before going in there: do not speak out of turn, do not speak without being spoken to, do not be disrespectful. By he's one of his lieutenants, and they, he was like, "I'm serious, my boss does not mess around. Don't don't do that," you know. So, uh, he he walked and he looked at uh, Ar he looked at Arkham or he looked at Wabu first, I think, and then Mike being Mike had some smart mouth stuff to say, but I think I had him roll something like for, for like just general charisma, and I'm like, okay, you you pull it off in in an entertaining enough way that he doesn't immediately beat your 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 brains out, um, and then he moved on to uh onto Arkham. And he's like, you're a bit small. And he's like, I can do magic stuff. And he's like, okay, that's that's helpful. That's fine. And then he looked at you, and you're obviously this big barbarian. He's like, now you, you're you're the kind of guy I like to cut of. You know, you got a, you're a, you know, I got your spear, your shield. You look like, you look like you can handle yourself. I can, uh, I, I can definitely get behind having someone like you here. Um, and he said something then that was kind of like, you know, intimidating or trying to be intimidating. And he asked you, could he borrow your spear? No, sorry, I'm getting mixed up. There was a guy, a, f a fifth guy, who was really nervous and shaky. 
and like didn't seem like he should be here at all and he brought that guy forward and had him stand out in front of everybody and then he asked you for your spear and what i was going to do was he was going to like hold the spear like he was going to throw it at this nervous guy and actually he was going to throw it into the other guy's chest and kill him stone dead because that guy was a guard from the town who oh, was trying to okay. infiltrate as well uh, and I was I, I was planning on him being like, seeming like he's gonna kill the, kill this dude, actually killing the other dude, um, as just a complete mindfuck. Um, and then you refuse to give him your spear, and then he, uh, and then I'm like, this guy's not gonna take no for an answer when it comes to this. He asked you for your spear. It's more like less less asking, more give me your fucking spear. Uh, so you refused again, and he came right up and stared you down right in your face. And then he just said, Karnak. And I described you hearing crackling electricity sounds behind you. And you thought his lieutenant, who was a, a hobgoblin uh, caster, was going to electrocute you or something like that. And I think you would have been perfectly fine with taking the damage and stuff like that. Actually, I had him cast a lightning bolt <laughs> on Arkham, who was next to you instead. Yeah. Which I thought was really messed up. It's like, I was like, oh, I'm not going to hurt you to punish you. I'm going to hurt your friends to punish you, you know, which I, which is way more... It's exactly what Negan did when he first showed up. Rick talked out of turn and was and was resisting him and stuff like that. So he killed two of Rick's friends in cold blood. And he's like, this is what happens if you don't do what I say. And that, he was a, he's a lunatic. He's an absolute lunatic. But that was definitely the... Like, I almost killed... I could have killed Arkham. You guys were low enough level that a lightning bolt could have taken him out. Again. Um, I, I think... <laughs> I could be wrong. I think maybe did you have to stabilize him? I, At the very least, it dropped him. It, it, it dropped, dropped him to him. a scary low hit points. Yeah, yeah, it dropped him to like single digit hit points. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and he doesn't have a lot to begin with. Like, no. so you know, it, it's it was. Yeah, that, it, that that was definitely the most evil thing I've done. I think maybe ever in the campaign. But again, when when I was emulating Negan as a character, uh, that's just where my mind went. I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to punish him. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just got to be a little evil to get the to to, to give the villain some teeth. It, you know what? It kind it kind of worked because as soon as you guys got out of there, you were like, we're never fucking going back there as long as we. If, you, you guys were like, we're, we're leaving town. We're we're gone. We're done. Let's go. I was like, just more like, why are we fucking helping these people? They're just assholes, and we have no ties to this place. The only tie we have to these pricks is the fact that we keep coming back when they tell us to. <laughs> it's like they have no way to fuck with us if we just leave. Let's leave and do important shit. Yeah, to be, I think at that point you had gotten word from the other town you're in previously about some stuff that was going on. So I think you were already looking to leave, and you'd already done a couple missions here anyway. So you, you felt like I guess you felt like you had, you know, you got your fill of this particular town. We have other things going on elsewhere. We'll go, we'll go back there and get that stuff sorted out. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was fun. Fight Pit was in that was in that town as well, I believe, wasn't it? Was indeed, yeah. yeah uh, run by, I believe his name is Krieger. Yeah, Krieger. So it was yeah, a yeah. dwarf with a with her metal arm. Yeah, the first the first taste of a fight club in that game that now Wabu has been pursuing for about like what like four or five levels now. Canonically, the only other fight club he found was Fight Club the Musical <laughs> in the theater in in our most recent town, which uh, which has not which w came out in this or in the fall was the fall production. Yeah. 
and uh, and now you're well into winter, and it, it, all the posters are faded and sure. worn on as, the walls. As soon as I saw that, all like popped into my head is uh, like literally like, well, like oh, Fight Club, and it's like the musical, and it's like I, I had I think I had a role investigation, yeah. and he, I'm like you see a sign that says Fight Club, and as you go up and you tear back some posters that are half covering it, you see at the bottom the musical. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea of like Wabu walks in, like watches the whole musical, and is like. Zero out of ten, not enough fighting or clubbing for my liking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like the thing that popped to my head was a, uh, do you know that bit in The Simpsons where it's like they're in the mall and an Otto walks out of a place called Stoner's Pot Palace and he's like, dude, that is flagrant false advertising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was exactly it. Uh, I, I I thought of that a good. I actually thought of that back in the previous town. And I, I was thinking to myself, I want to use, I want to use that joke. I want to wind Mike up with that joke. So I, I, I hung on to it until you got to the next place. Yeah, it was that was pretty sick. Um, but, oh man, just I love it. I absolutely love stuff like that. But uh, so speak- Martin, oh wait, you have a segue. What's your segue? I was going to say, speaking of needing to get a little evil sometimes. I was going to be speaking of evil. Yeah, God, that works. Yeah. Uh, today we're going to talk about demons. Uh, which is why we're coming to you today from a uh, pentagram made of cannons, which is the the traditional way of of summoning demons in in most folklore. But uh, yeah, demons are demons are like such a, a, like an evocative and like powerful kind. Well, of Well, specifically, sorry, specifically, we're looking at fiends in general, yes, right? Sorry, yeah, fiends. Both demons and devils. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's my, it's it's a bad habit I have of just saying demons when I mean fiends because I know demons. Yeah. That's why fiends are devils. Uh, I, I I often do it myself. I have a feeling many, many times in this podcast will we mix up the words, those three words, uh, fiends, demons, and devils. Just bear with us, people. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's probably going to happen a decent amount. But yeah, they're just such a... Um, just between like their representation in like, like literature, culture, media, folklore, history, everything like that, um, there's, there's like such a rich ground to kind of... Um, like lay story seeds and like I I I actually only thought of it, thought of it to come up to thought of it to think about demons say, uh because like just for like the last three weeks I've been like, what if I made a world where like, the seven deadly sins were like seven demon lords and they each rule the territory of the world and it's already like subjugated and the players are like part of the the like mortal resistance trying to overthrow the demon lords and they have to do it one at a time and it's like. Uh, and like they they're all done over the seven deadly sins and as uh, as the sin gets greater the demon lord gets stronger so like gluttony is a lot weaker than like wrath yeah yeah or like yeah i i do like that idea that you could like um it's already post-apocalyptic they you know they, they there was maybe a different adventuring party yeah who tried to stop the summoning of the demon lords or the devils or whatever and then they lost so now you're dealing with the fallout of that other adventuring party that failed. Yeah, I, like not so much like apocalyptic is the way I was viewing it. Almost more like demons have like colonized the mortal plane almost. Oh, that, like okay. they in, in that like they're not they're, like destroying things because like fiends. I say demons, but like fiends in particular are like mm. they're they're evil, but they're like lawful evil most of the time. They'll be like uh, a lot, well, a lot depends of, on yeah, yeah. yeah devils are devils are sorry yeah devils um devils will be like lawful evil because they they like they will like follow a code you can like make bargains with them um and yeah they will stick to the the, the the confines of the bargain you make and that sort of thing um and like there's just such a for me for me that makes them much more interesting personally if I had a preference my my 
it honestly, in terms of which ones I like the best, it goes devils, Yugoloths, demons. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I don't. I like. I suppose it's probably because it's like, it's e- when something is like lawful and it kind of like follows a, a code or a, or mm. has like a, an organized way of doing something. It's probably a lot easier to like embody that as a DM and kind of like work out how that would happen. Whereas with like demons, because they're literally just like chaos embodied. Like, mm. I, okay, I guess they'll run to the nearest wall, piss on it, and then set a cat on fire. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just, it's just chaos. Like, I mean, I, I feel like there's, there's definitely something to be admired about demons as well in, in their chaotic nature. Because, like, um, whereas maybe, I, I, feel like I was thinking about it earlier on, right? So, like, obviously, both sides are evil, but one is lawful evil and one is chaotic evil. One wants to build something. Yeah. The lawful side wants to build a regime or a hierarchy or something that is orderly and makes sense. It's evil, yeah. and maybe there'll be people at the bottom who are maybe slaves or something like that. And so it's it's an evil system, but they want to build a system. Whereas the other side of that is the is the demons want to tear things down. They don't yeah. want to build something new. They just want there to not be the stuff that there currently is. And I feel like there's kind of a a theme of like entropy with that you know the the universe gradually trying to wind down you yeah. know things just dissipate and, and level out so i feel like there's something cool about that and and demons and how they have a, a natural instinct again even though demons are chaotic there is almost it's almost like a law because entropy is a law of physics demons have all laws to them they are just obeying their own nature which is to destroy or, or reduce things to nothing you know yeah, yeah i think this isn't it um i can't remember which plane which one which one of the the hells it is but like i think it might be like carceroy or um kenya i think maybe but like it's like a because the area like tends towards entropy everything in there is like crumbling and 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 eroding away slowly over time and it's just kind of like worn and, and broken and ruined uh, like oh, it's, it's just a cool idea just like just that thing is like it's a whole area where like no matter what you do it's going it's like falling into ruin and it's slowly being destroyed um, and this is always just that permanently like crumbling area there's just something about that I like we talked about it a couple weeks ago when uh, 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 Van Richten's came out there's a couple of domains of dread that have a similar theme to that where things are decrepit and rotting in, in this persistent state of decay um, and also actually we and we've used this in D anD D before. We, you guys have been there in a previous campaign, but uh, the gaping mall has a very yes. a very similar uh, setup where it's it's a jungle. It's it's a like a a really dense rainforest, and on, upon like first look, it looks like it's green and lush and stuff like that. But actually, like if you grab a hold of a branch of a tree, the bark will kind of slide off it, and all oh. underneath it is kind of slimy and decrepit and there's loads of it's like it's on the surface it looks fine but it's underneath everything is rotten and, and decaying and stuff like that and it's uh oh, sorry that dad dad i just when you said the thing about tree i imagine what that would feel like when you like grab a tree branch and pull it down and all of the bark just comes away in your hand in, have like, you seen sticky... have you seen that scene in cabin uh cabin fever oh god yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that did i i can't i don't know why i'm mentioning this because uh... it makes me cringe immensely but uh, it'd be a bit like that where it just it just Slops off. Oh, jeez. Uh, that scene yeah. where you want to shave in her legs. That's the one. Uh, like, no. why, why would you keep going? <laughs> that, that's the thing. She kept going. Oh, that fucking movie, man. Uh, um, 
But we won't. That's okay. Let's not get down to Kevin Bieber because I do not. I do not need to be thinking about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like uh, the gaping mall has a cool. Uh, there's a lot of them that have a, a thing like that, and I think the gaping mall being part of the abyss and a, a, a therefore a chaotic realm. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of things, even things that look like again lush and and full of life are actually still rotten or awful yeah beneath the surface you know and i mean it's 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 not all just jungle though isn't it there's it's jungle and then they have like it's just like barren salt flats and like this like like horrible like brackish water yeah like the it the gaping maw jungles themselves border this enormous sea and then the entire sea is briny like incredibly salty water yeah um and then there's like the two towers the two spiral towers out in the middle of the water which is where Demogorgon uh, yeah. makes his home. I, oh, Dem- like, I love that as well. That they're, they're not only do these, like, the, like I love that there's like a different layer every time and then they also mm-hmm. have like a different uh, like demon lord that, that lives there. So like yeah. for, 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 for that for that part of, uh, of the maw, it is uh, Demogorgon, like the like two-headed, like the two-headed, like, uh, like squid arm, ape-headed monster. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not quite what it looks like in Stranger Things. No, do you know what? I I don't know which is worse to be honest. The one of Stranger Things definitely has creepy factors to it, I, um, with the big with the big flower head like uh, that, yeah, and like rows and rows of teeth, yeah. But um, I think like, Demi- like sorry, go on. I think, Demi- I think Demogorgon is creepier, like in terms of like you're, as in you're like real D and D, yeah, yeah, like real D and D, like uh, like the Dem- like Demogorgon um, when you look at him in like the picture, I think like the way it's drawn and the art for it is more like unsettling. Like you look at it and you're like, that's just like you were looking at it, like there's something not quite right about that's that that's just wrong kind of when you look at it. And then there's the something about things, taking animals. One looks like the Stranger Things one. I was kind of just skeezy, but it's, it just looks like a like a super predator. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, again, I think both have both definitely have value, but though you're, I think you're right. The one, there's something about, I don't know, there's something about the one in Stranger Things that because it is a, it's just a monster. Yeah, it just looks like a monster. Whereas the, and I think our minds know that, but then you look at Demogorgon as he is an actual D and D, and you see two like simian heads, and then four tentacles coming out of shoulders that should have arms and scales and fur which normally don't go together yeah. and all this other stuff and you're like because I know what both all the animal components there should look like and everything and I know that the behaviour of it is wrong is something unsettling about it yeah it's it's just that combination of elements that aren't supposed to go together and don't look natural yeah. to just but like done well enough to like really put you off um, I like that I re- I'm a really f- big fan of that um, there's also um I don't know how I didn't. I forgot about it because it's re. It's really, really cool. But the demon web, which is a lulz domain. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, uh, do you know what? In all my in all my note taking earlier on, I did not even I did not even write down a single thing about lulz, and I don't know how I missed that. Oh yeah, but like I I had entirely forgotten about it to be honest because we don't really like lulz hasn't come up a whole ton in either the in either the campaigns that we played with you, and she doesn't come up a whole ton in mine. But like yeah, like an entire hell plane that's just this giant web with like rooms made out of uh, made out of all like just these like bound together like tubes of web and like then like deep deep below then is where Lost actually lives and she's like waited upon by all her like demonic handmaid or like demon spider handmaidens and all that yeah and like just that idea it's it's like if it, like as soon as i read that like as soon as i read that in my head i was i saw like imagine like shelob's cave but it's the size of mordor 
is like Joaquin. More, actually, yeah, that, and and like as just as labyrinthine yeah. as Shelob's cave as well would be would be really really cool. Yeah, it just but yeah, but just that idea of like no, there's not even land here, like everything here is made out of Loth's web, and she knows everything that happens. Uh just okay. We we won't we won't we'll try not to deviate too much because we have to talk about demons and devils and whatnot. Um. They announced in just this week that they are expanding on the lore of officially, which is of course expanding of drow, on yes. the lore of Drow and Dark Elves. Yeah, I know. I'm actually like really excited to see what they do with it in terms of like. So my, th- there's been a lot of kickback from people because obviously historically Drow have been the evil elf race. There, uh, where you have Wood Elves, High Elves, and Drow. Of that trifecta, one of them is the evil race, and it's Drow. And that's because previously in the lore, all drow were kind of followed Lulth yeah. into the Underdark and then she corrupted them so they were, they're treacherous and they don't like each other and they hate the surface world and stuff like that. And like, I've never had a problem with it before. It is somewhat problematic to have it, it, an inherently evil race and, and wizards have been trying to deviate from that and I understand why and I think it makes sense as well mm-hmm. because, and it's something I've done in my new, in this current campaign is I've made it so that not there's no race that is inherently evil i have a lot i actually have a lot of regular elves that are like wood elves and stuff like that they're evil in my world they're bad people likewise i have a lot of other things like i think i put in hobgoblins and a couple other races that are characters that aren't expressly evil as well they're you know they're good people i think that makes more sense and that's more like real life but they've added two we won't again we won't get off too much but they've added two new uh, versions of Drow, so they still have the same one. That's that's the thing I think I don't I don't fully understand. Yeah. People are upset that they're changing it, but the thing is they're not changing it as much as they are expanding on it. And they're saying that there's two other subsets of Drow. One, and I can't remember the the, the word for them. They had spe- specific Elven words for them, but one lives in like the south in like these really thick rainforests with a thick canopy that keeps the sun off them because they have daylight sensitivity. Um. Uh, and again, they're they're kind of like I think they're illusionists or something like that, and they okay. they live in the in the jungle, but they're they're not bad people, and they don't worship Lulth. And then there's another group that live in like glaciers and underneath the ice. Oh, I the like north. that. That's really cool. It's nuts. Uh-huh. You should see the art for it as well. Ah, cool. Um, but they're uh, yeah, and they, again, they don't worship Lulth. They're a separate bunch of drow. I think people's problem with it was that a lot of people had a problem because it it supposedly undermined who Dritz was. He was meant to be the dark elf that went against the grain and, and you know, broke that mold. And I still think he is, though, because he was still raised in a city um, where, you know, just, just because there's other dark elves that aren't evil doesn't take away from him. He was still an individual who was raised in a city full of evil people doing bad things, and he decided, no, I'm not going to be that, and he left, and, you know, so yeah. I still feel like he has a great character arc and everything. I don't feel like that subtracts. I again like I'm I'm excited for this new lore. I'm actually looking forward to to new types of yeah. uh and diversity diversity in the culture of Dark Elves. And look, if you want Dritz to be special, there's an easy way to do that. You make the society you grew up in evil rather than the race evil. But that that's the thing, and that's what it is. It's it's Meso Mesoberanzen. Uh yeah. I probably butchered the name there, but the Dark Elf City. That's where he's from. That's the primary Lulth city, yeah, and where exactly. any dark elves that come from there are typically evil. Not inherently, <coughs> but typically just based on their upbringing yeah. and the society that they're yeah. part of. Make, him, make, make the fact, like, make the evil um, a cultural consequence or, like, a, a consequence yeah. of, like, personal belief 
rather than something someone yeah. is born with and can't change exactly yeah, yeah. Um, and i think the reason um, people are kicking off so much just to close it out um, is yeah. two things uh you get one one kind of person who just goes i don't like change you change something like pe- people like to be right and when someone has known the rules for something a lot yeah yeah change that and they can't just go boom this is what that is people get tetchy about that and they don't like to admit that um, and then the other ones are the people who will look at this and they're, they're not they're really almost not worth addressing because there sadly is there there's a contingent that i'm in the D fandom as well where the people who look at this and go oh this is sjw bullshit get it out of my game without ever without yeah. even actually real reading it or thinking about it and um, those are, and to be honest that's as much addressing as i want to give that card because those people aren't worth talking about let them go let them go cast disintegrate ninth level yep yep banishment get off my plane <laughs> yeah um yeah, as, as for the first crowd, I get it. I get when you feel like you've known the rules or you know, uh, especially if you've been reading the Dritz novels for 20 plus years uh, and you feel like you know everything well, about that and you're a big fan. Well, I can understand kind of feeling like, oh, now I have to learn this other stuff. That's life, man. Yeah. That's life. My dad never thought that something like the internet would have to exist, but he had to fucking learn how it worked, okay? Yeah. But like, also, like the fact that the role-playing game D&D has changed its rules, around, its rules and its lore around Drow does not invalidate what the Dritz books have done. Even though they are like official D D things and tied to the D D lore. Like no like nowhere in the player's handbook does it go, Alright, so Dritz did this <laughs> do you know what I mean? And only that. Yeah. And if you don't do it that way you're playing the game it, wrong. Exactly, right? So like also it's D D. If you want to make I like I wouldn't I wouldn't encourage it, but if you want to make the draw all of them evil all of them super evil just cackling villains murdering yeah. babies and and clubbing all, all all doing this and yeah. just laughing maniacally on a constant basis squeezing all of the toothpaste out of the end of the out of the end of the tube and just laughing <laughs> as it, at, like, like breathing on yeah. mirrors not wearing masks that kind of thing uh, if, you wanna, kind of if you want to if you want to make yeah but if you want to make just them all the evil, just the worst <laughs> if you want to make them all evil it's your it's your goddamn game you can make that choice. I would not that's encourage something... it, and I don't think it's a good choice. But yeah, it's your game. You can make that choice. That 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 I think that's the thing as well is because whenever they decide they're doing, they also they've also moved away from we'll say for toxic to using um, uh, ability score increases yes. that are specific to races. And they read and the like Vistani in uh, Van Richten's as well. Exactly. Yeah. So they're, they're doing some things and they're making some changes to D and D. Here's the thing, though. It's not like D&D is a video game where the, when they patch something the way it used to work doesn't work anymore. You can just go by the old rules. Again, I don't encourage it, and I would like to think people are open-minded enough that they're like, hey, these changes are in place for a reason, you know, to to not associate race with a certain alignment and stuff like that. But at the same time, no one is driving to your house at 8 o'clock on a Friday when you and your friends are just about to sit down and start playing. Like, Chris Perkins isn't going to kick in your door and go, make sure some drama are good. Like, no one's no one's going to police you on this. If you don't like it, you don't like it, fine. That's your own prerogative and your own your own issues to deal with. But no one's policing you on this if you don't like the new lore. I don't know. I just had a, Go, I just go had, write your own book. I just had a vision of uh, Jeremy Crawford and Chris Perkins in aviators kicking in the door of someone's house with like M16s drawing going, don't, don't die, Pastro. What are you doing? Stop it. 
I just pictured him kicking at the door and just holding up the uh, 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 a player's a player's handbook like that, just going, "No." <laughs> and they're like, "They're like." It clearly says this. They're like, guy like holds me like, "No, I'm gonna make Drow evil." And then like, <laughs> Jeremy Crawford just pulls a, a magnum from his belt, shoots the gun, and goes, "Buy book." No, it, it's been ratted. Oh. I'm in the top of the McBain thing. <laughs> hey, McBain, in this department, we go by the book. By book. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what he's like. You can't be using that cannon. Um, we should probably actually get back to talking about demons, though. Um, We've talked uh, a stifling amount not about demons this uh, this podcast I, so far. I know, I know, I know. Um, but just in terms of... Uh, oh, actually, I thought what could be fun to talk about is um, there's like a long history of association with like uh, demons in D&D and specifically... Um, and like the hobby and like they've always been an el- nearly always been an element of um of what's in like the the, BC- yeah. the D&D bestiary from the very beginning and that has not always been um necessarily beneficial I know to you're D&D's going with this. public image. I know where you're going with this <laughs> yeah uh Connor I, I'm guessing you're familiar with a term called the satanic panic uh I prefer to call it the idiot panic but yeah sure <laughs> yeah um for those who don't know back in the back in the 80s um, specifically in the US there was a, a, a movement amongst uh, evangelical types to ban D&D because it was teaching kids to summon demons and worship false gods and all this kind of stuff. Um, but that became known as the Satanic Panic. And they, they give a bit of a background as to why it happened. Because some of this is actually, like, some of this is very sad. Uh, but some of this is absolutely hilarious. So we'll, we, I, I'll try and tread the line here. So the, the origins of it really happened um, back in I think it was 1979. There was a um, there was a, a there was a lad in uh, in the college in, in America who basically had uh, a severe mental health episode uh, and disappeared. He he basically was having a severe mental health episode and disappeared into the utility tunnels under his college. Um, I think he came. I think he came back a, a few weeks later. But um, basically, the his I think it was his parents blamed D and D for that. Um, they said they they said they said that his disappearance was was related to D and D because he was he would be getting involved in uh, Satan worshiping because there were demons in the in the play in the in the monster manual, um, but that that kind of didn't really pick up too much steam. But uh, shortly after that, uh, there was a woman called Patricia Pulling, uh, whose son also very troubled, um, very very a very sad case. He, like he had lots of pre existing issues, but he he committed suicide. And she full on laid the death of her son at the feet of Dungeons and Dragons and and Wizards of the Coast. Uh, she sued the school, uh, saying that that uh, her son died because of a curse that was cast on his character and on him during the D and D game, um, and that the principal was was to blame for it. Um, which they obviously didn't accept any responsibility for, and that was thrown out. She also sued Wizards of the Coast. Um, uh, for it, say that they were responsible. But it wouldn't have been wizards back then, wouldn't it? It would have been. Um... Oh, sorry. Um... Oh, one second. Oh, it's something called TSR. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, so it's basically she sued. She sued TSR as well, saying that TSR were responsible for her son's death. Um, obviously, the judges took one look at the lawsuits and threw them both out immediately, saying they had no basis. But this didn't stop um, old Patricia Pullen, and she went on to found a group called bothered about dungeons and dragons otherwise known as bad which was uh, basically a group of ev- mostly conservative evangelical 
parents uh, and like preachers who were highly against D&D and were, were saying it was all kinds of demonic and satanic. And naturally, when all of those people say something is demonic and evil and satanic, as you can see in the 90s when they came after heavy metal music, uh, that just makes people love it even more. <laughs> Well, that's that's the thing, and that's the thing I've never. Okay, there's two things I've never gotten about the Satanic yeah. Panic, right? Yeah. Okay, I, I should, to be fair, I actually didn't know about these individuals in particular. I, um, I did some reading. Uh, there's a really good BBC yeah. article that, that I read about it. Um, so like, so the the mother who lost her son to suicide. Yeah. That is very unfortunate. I can understand someone in their grief, kind of just looking for somewhere to be angry, or upset about. I I get that. I really do. The, uh, the mother whose son had a mental health episode and as a result, you know, went into the tunnels and stuff like that. Um, like, I don't know. Here's the thing. It, it, the whole idea that, like, D&D has demons in it, therefore, by association, it's, it's somewhat demonic or somewhat yeah. satanic. The... It's so silly because you don't. you only have to crack the cover on any book and read the opening, you know, introduction part to the player's handbook or anything like that. And they tell you, like, the premise of the game is you are a group of adventurers and heroes going off to fight the monsters and the demons and all the necromancers and stuff like that. Like, you, it's not, it'd be different if you were playing the game and it was something like, you say a Dungeon Keeper on PC? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're actually playing as the demons and stuff. You play the monsters in that. It'd be very different if it was something like that where you played the monsters, you know, powering up farmers and all this other stuff. But you don't. You play the heroes... And you play holy warriors of the church, like paladins and stuff like that. And then you like, you expel the evil. That's kind of the main premise. So yeah. I'm like, it, it's so obvious when the, that these people don't even look at the materials that they're trying to say is bad, because you clearly don't know what you're talking about. If you just took the barest look at it, you'd be like, oh, so and so the objective is to kill the demon. Oh, well that seems mildly Christian or something. I don't know, whatever. Oh, yeah. So like. I think I believe from from the article I read in it, I believe the big bugbear with it was that there was rights for summoning demons, um, in the thing, which probably means like conjure elemental. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, but <clears throat> you can like summon and bind demons in D and D. Um, you can, but uh, like here's the thing. Yeah. And it's 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 the most important thing. It's fiction. Yeah, exactly. That um, that was it's, that it's was fiction. That was pretty much um. Exactly, Gary Gygax and TSR's response when the lawsuit came in. It's fiction. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I imagine strolling up to like uh, to I don't know to Tolkien's uh, estate and being like, "Hey, Tolkien, we don't like that you brought orcs into the world and blah blah blah." And he's like, "So you've read my fictional book yeah. then? Okay, you, that's nice. You, you laugh, right? But uh, this is this is a slight deviation, but it's on it's on the point. So similarly related. Um, I remember when I was in. Towards the end of my time in, in uh, primary school, they were doing like a, a, a school like talent show, charity fundraiser thing. And a kid wanted to do um, do magic tricks on stage. And one of the priests kicked up a hell of a lot of fuss about it, said it was evil, what? said it was encouraging witchcraft and all that. Like, like, like it was in the local paper. It made like it, he kicked up so much of a fuss about it. Like, um, and, must have been a slow Wednesday. <laughs> and like, but like it happens time and time again. Like, as much as I hate to come to the defense of her, uh, J.K. Rowling, um, the Harry Potter books multiple, multiple times have been accused of being of oh, being yeah, like satanic yeah. or demonic, and like recently, like uh, an an exorcist had um had all the Harry Potter books taken out of a, a Catholic school that he that he was working at or whatever, 
um, as like a, as like a teacher or a brother or something. I can't I can't remember exactly, but yeah, he, he like so like it, it happens. It's it still happens, and weirdly like there's still people like that who will be like, who will just like anything that in any way has like it even has like a picture of like something that looks like a demon gone. Um, like do you know I can't remember his real name. He's a man who he's a man who uh, plays Omen Dran for Acquisitions Inc. And I know his other handle. Jerry Jerry Hawkins. I I thank you. I can only remember his other hang, handle Tycho Brahe, uh, Tycho Brahe or whatever. With Jerry Hawkins, he he I remember um, he was doing, I think he was doing like a one shot or an interview, um, and he was saying that when he was a kid, like the D and D books were not allowed in his house. No no no, that was satanic trash. And I think he said one time his mom found him with like a copy of like a player's handbook or a dm or, or the dmg and like she like took him with her and burned the book in front of him really yeah yeah like there's like there's still people out there like that it's <laughs> now, Jer- now jerry's one of the most more famous D <laughs> players in the world yeah good job mom yeah that that, that burning of the book death because burning books always works yeah <laughs> i know but yeah, that's like that's how serious. Uh, one thing. How, how did she know that burning the book didn't activate I know, the demonic ritual? I right? Know, Maybe you I have know. to write in the book and then burn it, and then it summons the demon out of the flames. Yeah, hey, that's how. That's how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's. Yeah. Mm, that, that that would be maybe, maybe she should have read the book to make sure that that wasn't what activated it <laughs> I was only in that place to get directions about how to get away from that place <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... what's, the, what's the father Ted one when they're inside of the uh, in the, the lingerie section in the in the clothes shop and all it ends up being like six or seven priests all in there <laughs> and one fella keeps going uh, it's the largest lingerie section in ireland so i hear <laughs> <laughs> and he says it like five times throughout the episode and we're like you clearly need research sir yeah oh god that's phenomenal and if and when they find him he's like just like touching up one of the mannequins and like oh hello, yeah, yeah. Like, hello. <laughs> um, it's uh just very quickly, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you mentioned about that, uh, about because you brought it up kind of already and in a couple of different ways, you mentioned about like people when metal music first became a thing in the eighties and stuff like that, people were like hated it and they thought it was demonic and were trying to know, get it banished um, and CDs burned. Do you know the explicit? Do you know, the explicit, that, so, yeah. do you know like, the explicit content tag that you see on yeah. CDs? So that was that was invented by um, the wife of Al Gore, Tipper Gore, back in the nineties. Um, I think maybe like late eighties or, or late eighties early nineties. Um, where basically her and a group of like essentially like a concerned parents group um, were blaming like the heavy worst me- groups they were like blaming heavy metal for like Columbine and all this kind of stuff uh, and saying it was satanic and they actually like took uh, Dee Snyder, the lead singer from Twisted Sister do you know um, mm-hmm. yeah you, you, you know this, they have like that I know Twisted Sister yeah, yeah but he, uh, he he went into he went on he went he went to court about it with them and he just ruined them in court because he was just like it's music like where John they were like playing the records backwards and all this kind of nonsense um like you're one who's like uh, giving up about monster energy drinks and she's like and if you if you turn the can upside down and you re- it says six 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 which yeah. is the number of the beast yeah there's one of those about Rihanna and he's like and here she's impregnated by the antichrist and here again and again <laughs> oh man uh it's so it's so dope. like here like, again okay so here's the thing right people and, and we we brought up in a couple of different ways you mentioned about people not like a metal music when it first came around and how in in a weirdly kind of tangential thing uh people didn't like them changing the the drow lore people don't like change right mm. 
but every generation has some form of this when in like in like the 80s and stuff like that, probably a bit before the 80s but like the 70s when television was a big thing yeah. parents thought television would destroy society as we know it then it got to the 80s and 90s and people were like these video games will rot our brains and our children will be mindless drones but it didn't and then we got to like the 2000s and it was like the internet will be the death of so it's not the death of society and now it's like i guess mobile devices is maybe the new thing or or how how connected we are via the internet have, but again i have the one for the, the 2000s and it's going to make you laugh do you remember what do you remember when emos were going to take over the world and ruin society we tried, damn it, we failed. But do you remember there was like legitimate panic though? There was like legitimate, like like similar to the Sahai panic about like emo culture and like all and like the the and like kid and like kids listening to these music and like being encouraged to like cut themselves and things. There, there was a there was uh, Mike Chemical Romance performed in in I want to say in London somewhere somewhere in the UK, but I think it was London. Uh, at some festival or maybe it's just their own show and i remember there was protests and stuff the days leading up to the concert and at the concert because the daily mail wrote an article about how my chemical romance were like say encouraging satan or or again encouraging to hurt yourself or something like that um and then on stage jared wade had a copy of the daily mail the article in the front and he had however many thousand people chanting fuck the daily mail fuck the daily mail <laughs> I do like Jared. But... <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy. I like him. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Uh, but yeah, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, like pe people just don't like change, and every generation has something where where they think this newfangled thing is going to unravel society as we know it. And guess what? People just adapt over time. Yeah. Nothing, ch things change, but nothing fall. The entire world doesn't fall apart. It's not fucking Skynet, okay? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And uh, I think I think that'd be a good point to close off our, our little chat about satanic panic. But I'll, I'll close it off with like a fun little fact. Um, have you ever heard of a movie called Mazes and Monsters? I have not. Go on. Mazes and Monsters is a uh, a film from around the same time. Written. Uh, it's it's based on a book uh, of the same name. Where uh, basically the main character gets so into D like starts playing D and D, and the people he's playing D and D with are like Satanists, and he gets like so caught up in the game that he thinks the game is real, and he starts going crazy, and he's going around to doing all these crazy things, and th like the end of it is literally like his friends coax him down off a ledge, and they're like, "Billy, it's not a game, it's real, you're gonna die." Billy is Tom Hanks. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, yeah. it's on YouTube. The whole film is on YouTube, I believe. Like you can literally, like if you if you search mazes and monsters ending, you will see a scene of like Tom Hanks being coaxed off a ledge and being told that D and D isn't real. That he everything's is, okay. He is Robbie Wheeling. Is his name? <laughs> oh, yeah. But that that was entirely. And like... we watch this for a movie night some night. Oh I think... God, yes. As soon as we oh can be in each other's God. houses again, we get everyone around. We watch that. We watch that. Uh, uh, ten point. Uh, sorry, four point one on IMDb. Oh, that's <laughs> Jesus. That's about like <laughs> that's about that's about three point nine too many, maybe. I, I'm. Oh man, I so desperately want to meet Tom Hanks and only talk to him about this movie <laughs> of his entire repertoire, of which I am a big fan. I only now want to discuss this with him. <laughs> also, how big are the minis they are using? They're like six inches tall. I know. I know. It's it's the whole movie is an unbelievable shit show, but like <sighs> it's so cringe and eighties and like they're summoning I... demons with dice. <laughs> 
it's this might be oh my god this if we watch this this might be the single funniest movie we ever watch holy hell it's it, it's 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 funny all right um oh. uh connor i think it'd be cool if we could um maybe have a quick chat about uh like demons in popular culture um, and like around the world and like it play where you can draw like good inspiration for if you want to use like fiends or devils or demons or um what yeah yugalats that's the other one isn't it Yugalats are the neutral, yeah. uh, neutral evil faction. Yeah, yeah fiends, demons, or uh, or Yugalats in your game. Um, there's lots of really cool ones you can you can draw from like all around the world because pretty much every country has like a tradition of folklore where like there's like demons or evil spirits and how you deal with them. You're welcome for Halloween. That's how ancient Celts dealt with uh, evil spirits. Yeah, <laughs> funny you mentioned uh, Celts and stuff like that. Actually, one something that was uh, an an American adaptation of Halloween was carving pumpkins. Yes. In ancient Ireland, they used to car carve turnips. And if you want to go full scary Halloween, look at a carved turnip. They're, it is unsettling. They, I think it's particularly, uh, they're particularly like, fucked up and unsettling because they like carve like individual like square teeth into them. And like they're all small yeah. and and like worn and warped because it's like a turnip like this fucking big. And yeah. it's like, they just, oh God, they just look like evil old tiki men is any time I look at them now. <laughs> they look like shrunken heads. Yes, that's exactly what they look like actually. They look like yeah. shrunken heads, which I'd imagine was probably like the point because they're, they're, like the thing with jack-o'-lanterns is jack-o'-lanterns aren't scary. Like I, I turn out like when they, they like the, the modern ones, like traditional jack-o'-lanterns, they were carved to be like scary and off-putting because you were trying to scare away the evil spirits from your house. You're trying to ward away bad spirits and demons and stuff. Yeah, that was the point. Exacto mundo, my friend. Exacto mundo. What's a? It's a. Ihasawan, isn't it? Uh yeah, uh Ihauna is uh is Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, Ihauna. Samhain is um, Halloween as a yeah, Halloween is Halloween night. Samhain is like the Halloween season. That, that, ah, kind of there you go. Thank you. Got my got my got my wires crossed there. Irish wires. That's fine. My my uh, my Irish is very very bad. Very very poor. So <laughs> my mine is not great either. I used to be a lot better at it when I was younger. Um, cool. But yeah, just in terms of like you've just in terms of like storytelling traditions and stuff like sort all throughout like popular culture start like the last couple of centuries there are just so many really awesome tales that you can pull from for demons um because like now uh and speaking of demons here i mean specifically the kind that make deals and i'm gonna mix these up again it's the devils, devils. are the lawful ones they're the ones who make deals with yeah. people yeah devils will make deals um and like that's even really got making a deal with the devil like it's, it's infiltrated our everyday language it's such a common trope mm -hmm. in, in our storytelling and um Immediately when I was starting, like, what what could be some cool things to reference? Faust. The story of Faust, I think, would be a really cool. I've always wanted to do like a D and D character based on Faust. Um, and you're gonna have to fill me in here because I'm not totally familiar uh, with Faust. The legend, I know the name. The legend of Faust. He was a, an alchemist who um, sold his soul to the devil to overcome death. Right. Okay. He, he like made it. So he was a warlock. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He, but like he, he's he's like like a, he's like a really famous. Um, it's a really famous like opera, um, the opera of Faust. Okay. Um, he's like a sorcerer, a wizard who um, summons the devil and sells his soul to the devil. To, I think to try and bring back the the bring one of his like loved ones. Oh, excuse me. Bring one of his loved ones back to life. Right. Um, and like that's just like such a good um good one, and that's actually where the first place where the name Mephistopheles. Uh, is okay. Is recorded. Oh, so okay, yes, because I'm I'm actually looking at him in the notes I have here because he's 
in D and D currently, yeah. uh, Mephistopheles is the ruler of the eighth level or the eighth layer of hell, yeah, uh, which is Cania, uh, which is like icy realm. He always seemed kind of interesting. I was reading up about it today, and he's like all about like magic. Actually, that makes sense because he's all about magical experimentation and stuff like that in his realm, which is probably drawn from the fact that Faust was an alchemist and yeah. sorcerer type person. I love it because I love I love that because it's one story that has inspired both um, a demon lord in D and D and also. Um, Marvel's version of Satan, Mephisto. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's um, uh. I mean, there's loads of that though. I mean, like, like actually, actually, if you well, if you look at all, all culture, uh, pretty much feeds into kind of superhero stuff. Like uh, Thor is just Thor. Like they didn't even try that hard with that one. They read, yeah. they read a book on Norse culture and they're like hammer plus lightning plus guy. Yeah, sure, let's make that into a hero. Why not? But dude, that's why that's why every like like Marvel and DC have entire pantheons of like the greek and roman and and, and nordic gods yeah. because there's there, there's no um copyright so anyone can yeah exactly them. yeah exactly no no one can tell you you can't you could very easily just ooh, actually that's interesting is i wonder i wonder is that why uh like i mean the percy jackson books are all about those kind of things no one can tell you you can't put a centaur on things centaur is an ancient mythical creature yep. You could make a whole thing about centaurs yeah yeah like say yeah it's because they exist um it's because they're they're not like there just exists like a cultural myth and there's no identified author i guess um, yeah. and also the length of time so like there couldn't be any copyright yeah copyright wasn't the thing the word copyright probably wasn't the thing at that point <laughs> copyrightos copyrightos <laughs> <laughs> yeah um are you can you think of any like good de- uh, good demon stories from like either pop culture like uh, movies films tv or like folklore that you can think of that you that uh, might be like a good example for something that you could kind of like pull on for like inspiration um, for like using um, demons in your campaign there is there's a sh- okay this is a really weird one um there's a show that used to be on e4 called reaper oh my god um, i loved reaper it was great yeah yeah it was a great show um so basically it's a guy that man was he born t- to play satan he was oh, he's, <laughs> he's great yeah yeah uh i'm gonna look up the, the name of the actor um so basically it's a show about um a guy who works in a hardware store i believe yeah. um he basically and works then- in walmart Essentially, yeah, yeah. And then one day a guy shows up and introduces himself to him, and he's uh, and he's like, uh, the name of the guy is Ray Wise. That who that's who plays the devil. Yeah. So he's just is... born to play Satan. Yeah. Oh, he's he's so he just he's, he looks he looks the part. He looks the part. So uh, he I think he shows up and he like kind of introduces himself, and then he he's like, oh, I'm your actual father, and he's like, um, what? No, you're not my father. And then he goes home to his parents, and his parents are like yeah well here's the thing we couldn't conceive so then we made a deal with the devil and then he gave us you so you're we raised you but uh but technically he is your dad uh and then as a result the the premise of the show is that each episode sam must now uh find and capture various souls that have escaped hell from like like i think one of the first episodes is a guy who was like a former firefighter who was like setting fires himself yeah. But then he has all these fire powers, and he's blasting and set fires all over the city. So they manage to capture him. Uh, but it's it's just, that could be a very interesting premise for a warlock character, where like you sold your soul to me. Eventually, you will join me in hell for all eternity. But until that time, I need you to do these jobs for me. Yeah, you know? which is ba- it's basically a warlock. Uh, a warlock. He's basically Asmodeus. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say Ghost Rider as well. That's very Ghost Rider. Very Ghost Rider as well. Yep. Yeah. Which is some, which somehow uh, when I was writing up my list of like demons in popular culture and folklore, and that you could draw, on, I didn't include Ghost Rider. 
who's literally souls. No, 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 like Ghost Rider is the spirit of vengeance. What gives him his powers is the is there's there there is like an insane angel called uh, I think it's I think it's Thanatos or Barbie. Insangel. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think it must be like Vamatos or something like that, or Thanatos, it's something like Thanatos. I think, I think Insangel works better, but fine. Uh, sorry, I want to get yeah. this up, but, but you like, totally, he's, if you he's, get a chance, watch Reaper, it only has, only has 31 episodes, and they're like 25 minute episodes, good show. E easy watching, as I say. Don't, don't think about it too much. And it's it's entertaining. I don't know if they probably got cancelled. I, I I doubt they got a, a satisfying resolution to it. But um, but yeah, they also have other things like uh, uh, what's this? Constantine comes to mind. Oh um, yes, Constantine is so good. Mm -hmm. Constantine, I I would I would go to Constantine, particularly the NBC one, the one they did after the movie when they did a TV oh, yes, series. Oh yeah. Um, with a guy called Matt Ryan, who again he's really good. Dude he's born, really really good. Born to play that character. Um, they even even after his show was cancelled, they brought him back in Arrow uh, for a couple episodes for a small arc there. Um, he he's honestly he gets the Zaratos the, is um is the name it's the name of the it's it's like a literal vengeance spirit like it's a demon of vengeance that is like but it's actually it's a demon but it's like an angel that went insane in hell and that's like Zariel yeah yeah exactly like Zariel and Avernus and that's what's bound into the rider and gives him his powers. That's really cool. Yeah, I've I've always you, you've I didn't realize this because I I don't I don't read Ghost Rider, but you've described it to me before how he he does a thing where he'll his head will turn to a skull and he will stare into your eyes and then if you is it is is it if you have remorse or something yeah, about yourself? Yeah, so it's, it's called the penance stare. So like he literally yeah. will like he's like, he's like crazy strong stuff. So he literally just like grabs them and hold them and like stare into their eyes, um, and they will feel the all the pain and evil they've inflicted on anyone else in the world, and um, provided they're capable of feeling like guilt or remorse or because you told me about someone he tried to do it on and they had no remorse for any of the horrors they caused. Who was it? The Punisher. Oh yes, yes, yes. Which is. Just brilliant because obviously he murders a lot of people in really yes. gruesome ways, but he feels justified in doing it because they are bad people. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, Ghost so Rider also doesn't like Daredevil because he dresses up like a devil and he's not actually a devil. <laughs> or does he feel like it's like some weird backwards he just, he just doesn't like cultural him appropriation? Yeah, yeah, he just doesn't like him because he dresses up like a devil. <laughs> That's literally Joe's does like stupid small things between superheroes. Um, but there's <laughs> there's a really cool um story. It's and it's a modern one. Where where begin it kind of draws in like it's a it's a it's a it's a like an urban legend of someone selling their soul. It's really famous actually. It's about concerns a famous jazz musician called um where are we gone Robert Johnson. So Robert Johnson was okay. he was this musician in I think it would think it was like the thirties or maybe the sixties, uh in the U S. And he wasn't he wasn't a particularly good musician. Uh, it, it, jazz was really big at the time, so probably like the thirties I'd say. He wasn't a, he wasn't a particularly good jazz musician, um. And everyone could show he played the local clubs and everyone kind of knew he wasn't re really going to go anywhere with it. But he, he could play, but he wasn't anything special. Then he disappeared for a year. Uh, and he came back and suddenly he was amazing. He was like so good, people could not believe it was the same person. And the myth goes that uh, Robert Johnson went to the crossroads at midnight and summoned a crossroads demon and sold his soul to the devil for jazz. Which... If that isn't the best way to uh, create a backstory for your bard. If that isn't the most ironically metal story about a jazz performer. 
I, I just love I absolutely love it um, they actually did an episode of Constantine based on that story where um, there's like an eve there's like a record that had recorded some that had like demonic sounds on it and uh, it kept just showing up in people's houses and when you played it people like horrible shit would happen to you um, which, oh, is, which is another thing actually that you can bring in t- with demons is like cursed items and curses and all and you can mm-hmm. play like the great thing about demons is it, it doesn't just open up like the demon play box the demon um, toolkit or the demon uh, toy box for you to play with you have everything that comes along with it right so any even in the book they have stuff like um where is it i, I had it open here but there's they have like a list of things that can happen with demons and it's absolutely cracked i absolutely love it um, uh more than, i actually have it here modern kynans is uh probably your best resource for demons definitely uh, it's got a lot in, uh, of info about the blood war in it that's really really good as well Good info on the Blood Wars. It has all the sub races of Tiefling based on which um, which uh, fiendish patron uh, you know started their bloodline. Um, it's got what does it have? Uh, it has some stuff for like if you're putting cultists of that particular group in, it gives you some some spells that would be associated with said cultist or with, with that particular um, archdevil, and then it also gives you some once a day abilities as well that you can assign to them um which is really really cool it's just, it's just like uh let's see now let's find some i'm trying to find so like, i was looking at earlier but like they list out like all these messed up things that demons can do oh it's okay so here's one for example so for example the cult of zariel right it yeah. tells you your goals they're typical uh, the type of t- typical people that would be cultists for her you know uh in, in terms of like berserker cult fanatic gladiator these are stat blocks from the monster manual um, the signature spells are True Strike, Heroism, Spiritual Weapon, Crusader's Mantle. So it could be good to assign those to a character. But then it gives you these once-a-day abilities, which, like, this one here is called Ferocious Ferocious Surge. Uh, recharges after a short or long rest. When this creature hits an, uh, with an attack that isn't a critical, it can turn it into a critical hit. So That's once a short rest, awesome. you get that. But, like, again, so that, that could be really... Like, these are really good ways that you could take any other stat block for a general uh, uh, humanoid NPC, or maybe even not a humanoid, uh, and then decide, oh, well, these guys, these gladiators or these town guards or something now are all corrupted, and they're all now worshipping Sariel, which means that once a short rest, they can get a critical hit on you, which is, you know, pretty yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, Jesus. Um, so I can't. I couldn't find the exact thing I was looking at earlier when I was doing a bit of research for before the podcast. But there's there was a, there's a point in the book around, around where they start talking about the outer planes, and they mention all the basically all the stuff that kind of comes with demons. You got like your cursed I, cursed items and objects, cursed locations, uh, demonic infestation, demonic possession, um, which is always a fun thing to play with. Um, like there's so like it's I suppose it's not just demons. Or, uh, like sorry, not demons. I keep saying demons. It's not just like fiends, ugalots, and devils that you're you can you can play with here when you start bringing in like the demonic stuff you can play with like that whole occultist background you can go for like mm-hmm. blood rituals and like fucking like black masses and like seances and like yeah like like uh spirit boards and the whole shebang you can bring all of that in for demons this is okay this is a weird one um because it's not particularly gritty or real but it does definitely draw some inspirations on it not the original but i think it's a netflix the netflix sabrina the teenage witch yes the chilling adventures of sabrina yes they actually draw like way more than the original nickelodeon show ever did they draw some pretty heavily because they're based based on on the comics yeah yeah 
which draw pretty heavily. It's the same character. She still has two ants. She has a black cat named Salem. You know, yeah. It's all. I think his name's Salem. He, uh, he is. Yeah, he is. He can't talk though. She has a boyfriend named Harvey. You know, he. Uh, I, I prefer the cat talking. Uh, <laughs> just, hear, just, for, just for the record. Just for trying the record. to hear something hilarious because it's so it's so Netflix CW teen drama. Her boyfriend is Har- Harvey Kinkle. Um, yeah. Kinkle. The Kinkle family are like the des- they are like the descendants of witch hunters that came over on the Mayflower, and they're they're like the original family name is like Kerr Kinkle, and they changed it to Kinkle as the generations went down. That was a that was a subplot of the original Nickelodeon show where Harvey's friend Brad, I want to say, uh, came by, uh, and it was a whole thing where like if if ever he accuses you of being a witch, you are instantly turned into a guinea pig or something stupid like that. But the the chilling adventures of Spring the Tinge Witch actually draw on some like stuff from like the you know the the beast you know the cold headed yeah, um, thing and, and the devil himself and they it's it's way more true to actual witchcraft culture and yeah. stuff like that it's very um, occult based very like satanism yeah. based like they they're all part of the church of night um they all yeah. like worship one small thing from that, that i love is um they say go to heaven instead of go to hell yeah yeah that's cool <laughs> yeah. there's a uh, there's also like not always but like um you'll find like, there's one group of girls who are from a different school uh, that are always kind of they're kind of like her frenemies in it they're like not quite her enemies but they sometimes work together and stuff they, they go but to they, the magic school she goes to and not the regular school yeah yeah but they, they're like the three of them are like a coven they work together because witches covens tr- typically work in threes um so the, the three of them like work together and cast their spells together and stuff as well it's 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 honestly again the show is very cw teen drama stuff but they do draw some cool inspiration from some yeah. uh, from real witchcraft uh, and um, uh, what's it occult yeah uh, the occult stuff, the, yeah. the occultism stuff that they're doing it is re- is done really really well really cool yeah. uh, similarly um, probably slightly less CW drama but still a bit is uh, supernatural they do a lot of really really yeah. good like occultist lore and supernatural um, Buffy as well Buffy has a lot of really really great stuff for yeah demons. Buffy was. You could argue, you could argue, Buffy is kind of the OG, right? Buffy before Supernatural, before Sabrina. Oh, oh, there's no Supernatural if there's no Buffy. Yeah, I mean it's 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 one to one more or less, like. It's yeah. Um, Supernatural, I think, was intended to be like Buffy for dudes, which was Angel. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Buffy. Yeah, but I I I never got into Buffy when I was younger. I had friends who watched it. I never got into it, and honestly, uh, I feel like I've missed out because looking when I when I when I. I remember like it was always on TV, and I remember the the time she was revived that she was actually killed and brought back to life. Mm. I remember like people made such a big deal like it, this is like a, this is one of the biggest things on television. Yeah, yeah, no, um, yeah, no. It, I think it's on. I think it's on Disney Plus on Star now, so it'd be well worth a watch. But yeah, if you're if you're looking for inspiration on how to like set up like a demonic ritual or something like that, or just get the demon like underworld occult just vibes going, watch a couple episodes of Supernatural or Buffy. Um, and like just see because like particularly in Supernatural because they're they, they, the way they hunt things actually no kind of it's actually pretty equal because like they, they're kind of the Supernatural boys are like Buffy and Giles put together because they have the fighting power and the knowledge in terms yeah. of like the, how they function not specifically their actual strengths um, and so like you get a lot of the same thing where it'll be like they're, they're, they'll open up a big dusty book with all these mad drawings and it'll be like 
okay, this demon can only be summoned on the third moon of the uh, of the lunar cycle, and you need to say these words with the with the blood of a fresh goat and all this kind. Of, and you can build all that stuff into your world if you want to use demons in. Like it just gives you the latitude to play with all that really fun occult stuff. I realize the DM mm-hmm. anytime I get to like lean into like the occult tropes, like I do like a spirit board or like they're having a seance and like a spirit makes contacts and all the can all the flames and the candles shoot up really high and then go back down again and so uh, and turn green or something like that. Green flame, green flame. Yeah, but just, <laughs> I just, I just love like, like demons are really fun to use. They tend to have lots of really interesting abilities. They tend to be spellcasters, a lot of the higher level ones, so they prove more of a challenge. Um, some of them will have like really interesting features, like uh, the pit fiend has a poison that prevents you from being able to be healed. Literally, just gonna say the exact same thing. Yeah, you while you're poisoned by that particular poison i don't think any other creature does that as far as i know um, and while you're poisoned by that you cannot regain hit points which is a scary thing particularly if you don't know and then you try to use a like, cure wounds or something and the dm turns you and goes there's no effect you gain yeah. you regain no health points and like the pit it's not like that's the worst thing the pit fiend can do to you either <laughs> no not even close um as it, no it's it, oh it, it doesn't he have the mace where if he crits it casts a fireball Potentially, I haven't looked at the stat block in a while. Yeah. Um. I I put you up against one. Was it a picture? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, a it was fiend, a yeah. fiend. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I, yeah, I had you fight a bunch of like people who were all like warlocks. Uh, I I basically made a bunch of player characters, and they were all warlocks and stuff like that. And then when the final guy was left, who was the father of the the dwarf rogue in the party, he he basically I okay he had killed his companion, but what I did was he cast his once a day true polymorph. And he turned himself into a pit fiend. Uh, or was it a shape change? It was something like that. He turned himself into a pit fiend. I, I flavored it that the portal that was behind him, the essence of his patron who had been killed, leaks back through the portal and seeped into him and turned him into this big purple pit fiend. Um, and you, you yeah. guys were in such a bad way. Like you had very few spell slots, very little health. You got by the, the absolute skin of your teeth because. God bless the uh, integrate. I, that's that's the thing though. Uh, so the the sorcerer had like one high level slot left. It was a, he used it on a disintegrate. I think he was higher in the initiative than the pit fiend was. If he hadn't done that or didn't have it or the pit fiend saved or something like that, it would have done no damage. And it was like the only thing because he had an insanely high con bonus. So he would have um, he would have succeeded any concentration checks and maintain his spell and maintain his form. If uh, like there's no you yeah yeah basically if disintegrate hadn't been a thing, that's the only thing that was guaranteed to drop his because concentration plus and turn him back into his uh however many d6 plus 40 I think it is yeah so at the very you're talking minimum a dc 20 more even when you add in just the minimum rolls on each yeah. dice so you're talking about like a 20 something he couldn't I don't think he could I, I said if he got a natural 20 I'd let him do it but he didn't um, even though he rolled well thank Christ because um, that was a oh, that was I, I don't know what you would have done I don't know what I would have done I, I, had, I had no way for you to get out of that you're in like this other other dimensional thing I was feeble minded um, and had none of my spells you would everyone had burnt almost all their spells and abilities at that point it was a long long fight I had everything but I couldn't use it that was the most frustrating thing <laughs> Why not? Because you feeble-minded me. Oh, did I feeble-minded? <laughs> I feeble-minded a bunch of people. Yeah, you did. You got feeble-minded <laughs> happy towards the end there. Everyone took everyone took a trip to the coma zone once in a while. Yeah, yeah. I did it. I did it with the final boss because in like the very, very early campaign, 
Mike uh, as Shamash got a little bit yappy during his monologue, and then he just he just got he's angry, and then like literally two or three years later when the campaign is wrapping, he's like, "You didn't shut up that one time. I'm gonna feeble pinch you." <laughs> um, but Martin, yes, Connor, that's all the time we have for today. Oh, it's been a hell of a good day. Oh, I don't get it. Yeah, it's great. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, no, it's cool. Like, I, I know we were, we were kind of general about things today, but like, and like, I, to be honest, we didn't get down. We didn't talk about like a bunch of stuff. I, I, I kind of had written down still, so we can, we can always revisit like demons and stuff. And the hell, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. The hells. I think it be, could be a fun episode, maybe to just go through all the different hells because there's just nine of them. We could just go through them and talk about it maybe at a future time. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fun one. But yeah, I like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm writing some of, I'm rewriting and writing some of my um, uh, Archdevil Lords for my own homebrew ones at the moment. I wouldn't mind throwing a couple of them in as well. Yeah, I, 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 I do you know what? The more I mention it, every every time I mention it, every time I'm almost more certain that the next campaign I run will be that Seven Deadly Sins one where like the world, the world has already been taken over. Um, because that, that just sounds appealing to me. I have just this vision of, like, across the sky, there are these, like, seven demon sigils just, like, permanently hovering to mark their territory. And, like, uh, one division where the symbols are carved into the sky, kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But almost, like, just, yeah. like, like floating coats of arms just, like, glowing over their territory or something. But, yeah, like, mm-hmm. like just with demons, like, there's, like, said, like uh, I said a few times, like, there's just so much fun other stuff that comes along with demons and demons are, yeah. and, like, you're the demonic, like, demons, like, your Yugolats, your, your pit fiend, your fiends and your, um, devils, they're all, like, they're all really fun themselves and, like, they, they tend to have, like, really cool abilities, like, you know, like, the chain, the chain devil is so cool. I love he's just a, a living massive yeah. chain. Like, ah, oh, so, I like, chains and hooks and stuff, it's so Hellraiser, I love it. Um, but like it's just there's just a lot you can play with as a DM and, and there's a lot of really fun like storytelling tropes and traditions you can like lean into um, with demons there's, there's and a, cult. I think maybe more so than a lot of other a lot of other um, types of monster in D&D there's a lot of good baggage that comes along with demons where you can draw on a lot of different inspirations a lot of different cultures because again like you said before almost every culture has their own form of demons and or devils um so I think I think yeah, you get you have really really great stuff that you can draw on that to to do any any sort of adventure really. Yeah, and if you're ever worried about getting around, you can always just remember the time that a uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, in an episode that went to air printed a bus timetable in Irish as a summoning spell for a demon. What really? Yeah yeah yeah. Like there's there's like. Oh, they're summoning this Celtic demon. We have to stop it. What's the spell saying? If you look at the spell and read it, it is Irish. It's actual it's just Irish. Irish. It's actual Irish. It's modern Irish. You can read it, and it's literally like an announcement about a change in bus timetable or something. That is hilarious. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, don't worry about messing up because uh, as badly as you mess up, Joss Whedon, who is a man of many faults, also. Um, just completely goofed it when it came to doing doing basic research for a spell so yeah all you have to do is basic research and you're already better at Joss Whedon than doing demonic rituals well, are you alright? <laughs> I'm good uh, we do gotta wrap though <laughs> okay cool sorry I, 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 was, I was pausing to give you time to go to, to, to do your outro bit oh no that's good that's good rather than launch into a new conversation but Oh yeah, I thought you were going to. But yeah, um, that's that'll be pretty much it for us today. Um, thank you all very much, guys, for listening. Um, 
Connor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet on Twitter at zero point Connor Z E R O P O I N T C O N O R one N. Very important. Ah, damn it. Uh, <laughs> I knew you're behind on that one. Um, and uh, and also you can find me every Friday here on the Mike Flares podcast on YouTube and Spotify at six p.m. Irish time. Yeah, and uh, similarly to me, uh, you can find me on the internet here on Mike Flares every Friday. Um, you can find me on Twitter at so sorry it's over, which is in the bottom right hand corner of my screen here. Also on the Mike Flares um podcast Twitter feed, uh, you can you can find both myself and Connor there, and occasionally uh, I'm I'm known to stream on Twitch.tv slash Mert as well, which should be in the description. Cool. All right. Um. Thanks very much for uh, watching watching today, guys. And if you have any uh, comments, questions, or topics you'd like us to cover, uh, you can always leave a comment below or hit us up on Twitter at Mike at, at Mike Flares Pod on Twitter. And uh, yeah, if you have anything you'd like us to talk about, let us know, and we'll be happy to give it a look and, and have a chat about it at some stage. So um, at the end of that, it'll be a, a goodbye from me and a goodbye from Guy. Hello, folks. Bye bye. And we will talk to you same time next week on Mike Flares. Bye bye.